The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. We really do appreciate every single one of you being here this morning. Like We don't take it for granted that you got up on a rainy Sunday morning to come out to a school to worship Jesus. And so, man, I want to say thank you. And we mean that from the bottom of our heart. I took a an emergency responder, uh, a grief counseling class this week, and it talked about all kinds of crazy things, and it really got me thinking, really got me thinking a little bit about this thing that we call life. And um, it made me start to appreciate the relationships that I have. It, it started helping me to appreciate the, even the people that are sort of just out there on the, on the fringe of my life. And, man, I just want to say thank you, to every single one of you that you're here, this means the world to us, that you gather here on a Sunday morning and you worship with us. So I want to say thank you for being here, and I cannot wait to see what God has in store for us, not only this morning, but as God continues to move us forward. Um, we're, we're going to talk about David and Goliath, and some of you, if you've been in church a long time, if you've been around the church, you're like, oh. 113, that's how many times you've heard the story of David and Goliath. I'm going to do something today to the story of David and Goliath, and I'm going to apologize up front. I'm going to expose the truth behind the story David and Goliath. So some of you in here, you're going to leave here, and you're going to be like, wow. Like, I loved that story until he told what he did today. And so some of you are going to leave with the feeling like you did when you were little and you learned that S-A-N-T-A wasn't real. I had to spell it because there's probably some kids in here that still believe and maybe even some adults that still believe in S-A-N-T-A. In my notes, I had to make sure I spelled that really big because I didn't want to spell S-A-T-I-N. Listen, he's real. The rest of you will catch that as you drive home. That's awesome. I'm going to expose the truth behind David and Goliath this morning. It's not that big of a deal, to be honest with you. David and Goliath, it's just another story in the Bible. You see, the exposure is the truth that I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Because some of you read that, maybe you've read a book about facing your giants. Maybe you've watched a movie that they have made about facing your giants. And you have been really pumped up. But for some reason, after you've read the book or you leave the movie theater or you turn Netflix off, you have still not faced your fears. And you've not been able to overcome your giants. And so when I talk about uh, a couple of stones, when I talk about a giant, when I talk about around a 15-year-old boy, when I talk about a slingshot, listen, that's all about David and Goliath, yes. But what I'm going to expose here over just the next few minutes is that there's a promise from God that I think a lot of times the church has missed. Because we look at this 15-year-old boy, and we think that guy has unobtainable faith. There is no way I could do that. And hence, here we are in our life. So we're going to expose a truth about David and Goliath this morning. If you want to follow along in your Bible, if you have one, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You can turn there. We're going to be just flipping back from 16 and 17 this morning. But here it is. We have to understand the back story. We have to understand the back story 
of David and Goliath. And to do that, we've got to look at 1 Samuel chapter 16. You see, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we've got to understand that there was a promise from God. There was a promise from God that David simply acted on. And to tell you real quickly the story of what's taking place here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, there's a prophet, and God tells this prophet, he says, I need you to go anoint one of Jesse's sons because he is going to be the king of Israel. That is paramount in our understanding this morning. You see, he tells this prophet to go find this son of Jesse. And so what Jesse does, Jesse has eight sons total. This prophet comes on the scene and this good-looking son, this real good-looking son comes out in front of this prophet. And the prophet is much like you and I. He's looking at the outward appearance and saying, this is an angel. Like a lot of times when people walk past me, they think the same thing. This is an angel. And, and, and so this prophet says, this must be the one that God wants me to anoint that is going to be the king of Israel. And God very quickly corrects him, and I love it. If you're in your Bible, it's right here at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. He says, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so God's saying, listen, man. This is not the one. He may look like an anointed one, but this is not him. And so Jesse, the father, says, well, here's my next son. And the prophet says, no, no, it's not him. And this happens five more times. The other sons, seven in total, come out before this prophet and neither one, none of them are the chosen one to be the king of Israel. And the prophet says, hey, uh, Jesse, is this all you've got? Sort of sounds like the story of Cinderella, doesn't it? He says, Jesse, is this all you've got? And he says, no, actually, I, I've got one more son, and he's down keeping some sheep. I mean, he, he's young, and, but he's, you want me to go get him? Yeah, the prophet says, go get him, and I wait here until he comes. And so that was David that was tending to the sheep. And David comes up, and the Lord says to this prophet, this is the one that I want you to anoint. He is the one that I have chosen. You see, early on in chapter 16, it says, the Lord says this, I have chosen one of his sons to be the king. That's so huge. And again, the Lord repeats himself, and he says, you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. And so when David got on the scene, the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. Verse 13 says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And so what I want to just share just over the next few minutes here is that David... Yes, very special, chosen by God. But David versus Goliath was actually over before it ever even started. David was cheating. Today we in the sports world talk a lot about performance enhancing drugs, right? You see, I believe here that David was simply acting out 
of a performance-enhancing promise of God. And some of us look at this 15-year-old boy and say, what he did was unobtainable for me. Today I want to expose that. You see, I believe that David simply chose to listen to the voice of God. He chose to listen to the promises of God. He chose to listen and act on the truth of God. And I believe that the church today in the year 2014 is doing almost just the opposite. We are struggling to act on what God has already promised you and I. We are failing to act. We're failing to express and even expose our faith in the one who has promised us everything. And so this morning I have one question and one question only to ask you, and that is this, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Because David here listened to one person and one person only, and that was God. And we saw what kind of things happened when he acted out of listening to God's voice. We're going to spend the next three weeks talking about faith. We're going to talk about the fact that it requires faith today to please God. We're going to talk about, I'm going to personally walk you through how I act in obedience and how I listen and discern God's voice from all the others. Because up here, there are a lot of voices. That's the next three weeks. Today, who are you listening to? You see, David listened to God, and I'm thankful that he did because we have this great story. You see, David did not listen to the people. If you're taking notes, that's the first one. He did not listen to the people. I think a lot of times we run to so many people and we want to hear what they have to say because it's instant gratification and feedback. I'm not saying that we don't need to bounce some ideas and some prayer requests and some thoughts off of people, but they cannot be the ones that we run to first. If David would have listened to the people, chapter 17 of 1 Samuel probably wouldn't have happened. Do you know who he didn't listen to? And I love it. He didn't listen to his oldest brother. You see, I'm here now in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. And in that chapter, the 28th verse, listen, I'm probably going to butcher some of these names, but I give it the Wahlberg twang, so just forgive me. You know, it has some ek and some Eliabs, and I'm just going to give it the Wahlberg and it's Eliab, right? That's how I do it. Y'all okay with that? Y'all correct me as you leave and give me the, pronunci- the pronunciation, and uh, I'll just blame uh, someone else. It says when this guy is oldest brother, I'll just skip it. That's what we can do. <laughs> Listen, I've tried all week to figure these things out. It says when his oldest brother, Eliab, David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the man. He burned with anger. And he asked him, why have you even come down here? His oldest brother did not even want him to be there. 
And if he would have been listening to the people, David would have never even faced his giant. I believe that probably many of us in this room today, we are listening to the proclamations of the people. Like we are basing our actions off of the proclamations of people way more than we are the promises of God. I believe God has spoken some unbelievable truths that He has spoken to you and you have not gone to Him, you have gone to the people and some of those people have talked you out of what God desires for your life. And so who are you listening to? David didn't listen to the people. You see, David didn't listen to the king either. Now I'm not telling you, and this is not giving you a right to go around and break all the laws and the rules and be a disobedient student when you come back here to school. No, you better listen to those who are in authority around you. But David did not even listen to the king Why? Because he knew what God had said to him. If David would have listened to the king, David would never have slayed that giant. You see here, chapter 17, verse 33. It says, Saul replied, and Saul was the king. He said, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You were only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. I'm glad David didn't even listen to the king. I'm not sure it will happen in my lifetime. But I believe that the day is coming when we in this phenomenal country where we'll have to make a choice to obey the king of our country or obey the king of kings. There are people this very second that are having to make a choice in countries that are thankfully far removed from us. But God be with them because they're having to make a choice today of who to listen to. The king of their country, which just happens to be killing them, or the king of kings. David didn't even listen to the king. I'm glad also that David did not listen to the enemy. I think a lot of times we are being controlled by the voice of the enemy, and I'm not only talking about Satan. I don't know if you know this, but there are haters out there. I struck a nerve with that one. There are people that do not like you. That has been a very difficult thing in my leadership to overcome. I'll just be honest. I thought everybody liked me. 
outstanding senior in high school. I mean, the way my grandmother talks about me, how could you not like me? But you have enemies. And can I just let you in on a little bit more? Is some of those people that you are listening to their proclamations, some of those people are your enemies. You just don't know it. And so what you're doing is you're running to your enemies instead of running to God. I love what the enemy said to David. Verse 41, it says, Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bare in front of him. I just want to know, why the Goliath? Why did you have to have a shield bare in front of you if you were such a giant? You know what I'm saying? This guy was nine feet, nine inches tall, they say. It's like me having Melinda in one of my tough meetings and saying, Melinda, handle this. <laughs> Throwing her to the wolves. This little guy was standing in front of this giant. The giant kept coming closer to David. He looked David over, and he saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome. Ruddy just simply means that he was dark-skinned and beautiful. And he despised David. He said to David, I am, am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beast of the fields. If I'm David, and I'm seeing that, and if I'm hearing that, and then I'm hearing all of the people who I think are my friends behind me, even my own flesh and blood, my brothers, saying what they're saying. If I'm David, and I'm listening to any other voice other than God's, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm going to do one of my tricks. I'm going to say, what is that? And then I'm going to run, right? But he was listening to the voice of God. He wasn't listening to the enemy. Some of you, you get so wrapped up in what your enemies are saying about you, your family on Facebook, that you can't stop looking at it. It's like a bad wreck. You don't want to see it, but you pull it up again. That's how I am with emails. I get them. I know that's hard to believe. I, I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to delete it. No, what does it say again? Why in the world would we allow our enemy to speak any kind of anything into us? But we are so wrapped up in listening to our enemies over the voice and truth and promise of God. Who are you listening to? I'm going to tell you, you can't even listen to yourself sometimes. David didn't listen to himself. I don't know about what voice you have speaking to you right now, but those many voices that are in my head, I have learned and I am still learning that I cannot speak or even act or do anything because of those voices in my brain. I can't even listen to myself. You see, I get myself in trouble all the time. I don't know about you. That is why I will never skydive. Like, I won't to skydive because I want to be able to come back and brag about it. 
Like, man, it was awesome. I want to. Like, I've looked it up. I even one time tried to lose some weight because my excuse was I was over the threshold of weight. 220 pounds, I was over it. I'm getting below it now, and I'm still like, here's what would happen. 30,000 feet looks a lot higher in person than it does on the Internet. (laughs) And so I would get there, and I would have gone through all the training And I would get there, and the guy would say, okay, it's time to go. You know, they hook you onto another human. And so he would say, and I I would talk myself out of it. I would kill him by strangulation to keep me from jumping out of that plane. That's what I know. And then I would look like the biggest sissy that has ever walked the face of the earth. Everybody would make fun of me. They would never let it die. And I'd kill three more people because they just kept making fun of me. So that's why I will never, ever Jump out of an airplane. That's why I grabbed the milkshake on the way home from the beach last night. I'd already eaten supper. I said, hey, you know what? A milkshake on top of this won't hurt. How stupid. You're fat already. You're overweight. You talk about your pants not fitting and you're going to stop. Listen, I had to stop. I didn't even need gas. It would have made sense justification if I'd have been on empty and then got a milkshake. I got a milkshake. You see, I cannot listen to myself. Paul said the same thing in Romans. He said, I don't know why I do what I do. I know what I shouldn't do, but I do it anyway. So I don't feel that bad. But David didn't listen to even himself. You see down here in verse 45, it said, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord. He was acting on his promise. His promise was to be the king of Israel. And at 15 years of age, he was not yet king. He knew that he wasn't going to lose. He knew it. And so he didn't even talk himself out of it. Who are you listening to? Because you see, the same promise that God promised David. Man, the promises of God throughout Scripture are so numerous. And I just wonder, church, are we as little Christ followers, are we even acting out in faith on those promises of God? Or are we listening to everyone around us? Are we listening to the higher-ups? Are we listening to our enemy? Are we listening to even ourself? There's going to be a flood of scriptures that are going to be on the screen for just a minute or two here for a few seconds. And, And maybe I'm going to hit on one that you really needed to hear this morning. The first one, it comes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8, and and I am so glad that God is Alpha and Omega. I am glad that He created, He created some phenomenal things. But of recent, I am so thankful that God is also the Omega. 
Like God is at the end of all of this. I don't know what some of you may be facing or looking at or getting ready to go see in a few moments, but He is already at the end of it. That is a promise of God. Some of you are in some decision making that you particularly don't care for right now. He is already at the end of it because He is the Omega. This is a promise of God. And it says the Lord Himself goes before you. Some of you need to listen to this promise today. And you need to act in faith. Knowing that the King of Kings is already, already there. Here's another promise that comes from Romans chapter 8 verse 1. And this is going, I'm going to allow God to speak to you through His promises on these. I'm not going to critique and walk through every one of these this morning. But there are some of you in this very place, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, that you are your worst enemy. And you constantly are criticizing yourself. You live in a constant state of condemnation. And you gave your life to Jesus 10 years ago. You have given your life to Jesus whenever See, this scripture tells you that if you're in Christ Jesus, there is now, today, August 10th, 2014, no condemnation. I want you to walk out of here in faith, acting on that promise of God. Psalm 34, verse 17. I don't know who he's speaking to through that this morning. Do you believe it? It's a promise of God. It's the same promise that he gave to David. You're going to be the king of Israel. You're going to be the king of Israel. David just acted love this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. Man. Do you believe that? Hmm. How about this? The next time one of those temptations, temptations come around, how about if you go to this verse? some that are just slammed in addictions in this place today. I know it. It's not what God designed for you. And I know that there may be even something deeper that you're trying to fill with that void. This is a promise from God. And I'm going to stake it in the ground today that my God is greater than any temptation that you may ever face. And it's not some crafted sermon's words. This is straight from the Word of God. I'm going to go quickly on this one. Malachi 3.10 
finances are a struggle. It's a promise of God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. of you every single one of you need to proclaim and I want you to understand that you cannot erase the name God there and put anything else in it because whatever you would place in it will always fall short and leave you wanting more cannot take out my God Psalm 23 4 We had a phenomenal sacred marriage study that kicked off last Sunday with nearly 50 couples in attendance. Romans 8, 38 through 39. Some of you marriages, some of you couples need to start living and acting on this promise of God. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, verse 39 says, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some of your marriages need to stake that in the ground and every move you make needs to be off of that promise of God and the list goes on and on 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about who you were maybe when you walked into this place does not have to be who you are when you leave you see Jesus promises new life Ephesians 3.20 Jeremiah 29.11 some of your favorite passages and these aren't just a bunch of words placed together these are promises of God that when we act upon them we see amazing things taking place these are promises of God there is nothing that you and I have to do to trigger these promises to take place these are proclamations they're already done they're there for the taking and God is just asking us to walk in them so I'm just going to ask you again who are you listening to I know some of us have been in church forever forever and we've been in church forever and we have never given God every bit of our life oh we give him a little bit but we hold on to some God I'll take care of this just as long as you take care of these big God things I'll take care of this 
what we're doing is we're living off some of his truths and promises. I just wonder how many of us today have we just been listening to the wrong voices? And today in your heart, you would say, today I stake the ground. I'm walking in every one of your truths. God, my life is yours. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and stand with me. There may be some of you here today. There may be some of you here today that say, you know what? I've heard all of this before, but it's never become a reality for me. But today, if all of that stuff you say is true, I need to surrender my life to the one who has made all of those promises. you today, Scott, I need that God to be real in my life. Could you just raise a hand and say, Scott, that's me today. I need that to be true. If that's you today, we have what's called a what's next table. You'll pass it when you leave this place. Not that we have every answer, but we have some wonderful people who love the decision and have actually been praying for the decision that you just made. We believe that you've not only started a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've also started a relationship with us. Hey God, I thank you for your promises. And I thank you for your truth. God, may we have what seems like that unobtainable faith that King David had. And then when we leave out of here, we may face some unbelievable things. But we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything that you have said about us and for us is true. God, thank you for being a God who cares about us. Jesus, we love you. And it's in your precious name we pray all of these things.